If you've ever felt stuck in some aspect of your life, you want to change something, you're just not sure you can, you've tried and failed, you don't really like where you're at with something, we're going to give you some hope today in this midweek motivation episode of the Westside Podcast. My name is Gabe Kolstad. This is Tony Campbell, and we're going to be talking about finding freedom today as we follow up from uh, our weekend message and new series called Finding Freedom. And Tony's with me because he is the Celebrate Recovery state rep, and uh, and we love this ministry, Celebrate Recovery. It just helps people with their hurts, habits, and hangups. And I can't wait to dive into this a little bit with you. We talked on Sunday about this a little bit, and we'll share a little bit here and there. But uh, I want to read a verse from the New Testament, because if you're out there and you're thinking, man, my life's not where I want it to be, or I've got this secret habit or this old wound in my life and it's really affecting me, uh, I got I to gotta cast some vision for you. And Tony, I hope you give me a, a second to share this verse from scripture. It's going to be really good. Yeah, this is from Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. Okay. And the apostle Paul says this, he says, we have become his poetry, God's poetry, his masterpiece, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, listen to this. If you're struggling with discouragement, you got to listen to this. Even if before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. I mean, he's got this amazing life planned out for you and me. And there are a lot of times that, you know, we get in our own way with that, right? I'm sure you can relate with that. Um, And I read this quote, Tony, this week, and it goes like this. Change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you've probably been in that place before. In fact, I know you've got quite a story. Tony is the uh, Oregon State Rep for Celebrate Recovery, the ministry that helps uh, so many people at our church and thousands of churches around the world and uh, involved in so many ways of helping people. But Tony, tell us a little bit about where you've come from and how God's been working in your life. Well, uh, I originally came from Colorado and uh, graduated high school, went in the Navy, um, was stationed in San Diego at first on a Gator freighter, and uh, that ship basically took Marines. You know, so like Pastor Ken, we took him out. You know, guys like him, we were their nice. Uber drivers. <laughs> so uh, we did that that kind of thing. Um, I went on a couple of Western Pacific cruises. Um, then the next thing, I was stationed in Guam on a food store ship, and we were basically a floating Walmart. So we would deliver food to the fleet, so we'd go in and out. You know, so it was basically like being on a two-year Westpac. And then I finished my uh, Navy career up on the USS Missouri, and that was the battleship, um, which is now in Hawaii, and that was probably the neatest ship to be on. That's where World War II, um, where we surrendered. And, um, you know, so being in the Navy, I was a machinist mate, worked in the engine room, got specialized in air conditioning refrigeration as well. And everything I learned there has helped me in my work career. What I failed to have happen sometimes was, you know, finding my identity. You know, even though I was in mm-hmm. the Navy, I would have a hard time finding my identity. I was raised Christian, um, saved and born again when I was very little, went to a few churches and a couple of Billy Graham, uh, mm-hmm. you know, big, yep. um, big crusades and big stuff. crusades. And every time the message was called at his crusades, I felt like, well, maybe I'm not quite there. I need to go mm-hmm. back up and get saved again. And I'm sure other people have experienced that, but that was kind of kind of me. I always believed in God. I always believed in Jesus, but I always, you know, didn't always walk in the light. And when I was in the Navy, I walked away from the light quite a bit. Um, along with being the Portland state rep, I'm also the welcome home state rep, which is the new um, open share group that they started about five years ago, Okay, which is curtailed just for military veterans. Wow. Okay. 
So when I was in the service, I noticed that, you know, my, I kind of struggled to have an identity. So I would, you know, go out with everybody else. And a lot of that included drinking and a lot of promiscuous activities that we did as sailors. I mean, I'm sure that's no surprise to anybody in the audience, but it's just, you know, kind of, you know, that wasn't who I was. And I always didn't feel right, you know, because I did have, you know, I did have a relationship with Jesus and this, it didn't, it didn't feel right. Um, but I didn't stop the behavior. So I got really, um, down on myself, embarrassed. And, you know, that was kind of a, you know, one of those wounds and that you kind of carry, you know, and every time you do something wrong, you carry that sin with you and you just, you know, you, you, you ask for forgiveness, but you somehow feel like, well, am I really forgiven? Cause I knew better, you know, so I struggled sometimes with that when I was in the service. And over the years, you know, I've, you know, gone to church and, you know, Everything was going good. I got married, had kids, and then all of a sudden, you know, she started uh, having affairs, and it just kind of wrecked my world. And I went to an organization called DivorceCare.org, hmm. you know, pretty good organization. I'd recommend it if you're going through that. And um, it also had some things for kids, Divorce Care for Kids. So I thought it was a pretty good program. Yeah. But the one thing after that I couldn't quite get shaken was the anger and bitterness, the embarrassment. Um you know, just the kind of like, why God, why did this happen mm-hmm. to, to myself, to my family? You know, I'd come from a legacy of um, families getting divorced. So I was okay. hoping I would end it with mine and it hasn't ended with mine and it's continued on with my children. So it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I wish that wouldn't happen to people because it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest part for me was I just didn't know how to unpack that anger. I mean, I had a lot of resentment toward my ex-wife you know, toward different people that kind of seemed like they helped the process along. Mm-hmm. And my friend, my good friend, George, I would go to the, you know, we'd go to men's, you know, devotions and groups. And he finally told me, so why don't you try celibate recovery? And I'm like, well, I don't really struggle with any addictions. And he's like, yeah, but you got some hurts, right? And I go, well, yeah. He goes, and you're starting to lead, uh, starting to give you some, uh, some pretty big hangups over it, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, it's starting to lead to bad habits. And it was interesting that he said that because I was actually, you know, I'd been divorced already, but I was starting to think about after work, going to the bars, you know, going maybe, you know, out, meeting people. And of course, that was basically returning back 30 years back to what I did mm-hmm. in the service. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and so he, it was like he almost like rescued me in wow. that moment to make me, to challenge me to go. And cause I, I, you know, like a lot of people think celebrity recovery is for, you know, people with addicts, but actually two thirds are there for just a hurt and, you know, something else going on. Sure. It has nothing to do with addictions. And then the rest of them that do have struggles with addictions, there was a pain like you talked in right. that, that finally got so bad, they felt like a way to medicate it. And so they would medicate it with either alcohol or drugs or you know, bad habits. Um, a lot of abandonment happens during those times. So they'll seek relationships out that just don't work out usually because they don't have the one thing that's missing and the one thing that can help us, which is Jesus. They just don't have that part. And so going through the steps and learning, you know, how to unpack, you know, where did this anger come from was just, you know, amazing to me. And I thought stuff I hadn't even thought about for a long mm-hmm. time. You know, I lost shipmates when I was in the service and I still had that in my head. And sure. I actually was at a, a suicide prevention. I was looking for ways to help other veterans and it all hit me like a rock. Like I wow. just couldn't get over it. And I had like what you call a guilt, guilt, um, uh, remorse. 
Okay. Well, I'm survivor's remorse. I'm sorry about that. But you just, I just didn't know what to do with it. And, you know, so I was already going to CR and I'm like thinking, hey, let me unpack this in CR. And then literally two years later, they started the Welcome Home for Veterans. Because a lot of things I may share with people, they just don't understand from, and when you can share with other veterans, they go, oh yeah, I remember that. And, you know, just that camaraderie that you had in the service kind of comes, you know, bubbling back with, with uh, other service members that get it, they understand. Yeah. So, you know, so that's, that's why I go. That's why I'm here. That's why I've con- continued to go to CR. That awesome, just seems man. to, seems to be a good fit for me. And, yeah. you know, it can not only, you know, the part, the last part of CR is eight, which is giving back. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a point now where I'm trying to give back and help others, you know, find the same healing that I did. Kind of like so my good. friend, George. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and you and your wife are so instrumental in serving people in so many ways. It's a, it's cool to see where God can bring you right. When you get to that point of surrendering of, you know, really uh, allowing him to do the work that, you know, that only he can do. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, maybe you're out there and you're going like, gosh, yeah, I, I feel that tension um, in my own life because there's things that maybe you're starting to feel like you've, you've lost control of. That's a scary place to be for all of us. I've got a few questions for you, Tony, because right. I know you're so invested and so involved in um, watching people, walking with people, helping people for a long time now. Um, and, and so here's a few things, because I think a lot of times we can all get a little prison blind. In other words, like we're talking about finding freedom and you can just get so blind sometimes to, or am I even having a problem? So here's my question. How do you identify when something has an unhealthy grip on you? Well, I think for me and what I've noticed is if it's something I can't seem to do without, and it could be something as simple as, you know, maybe I'm watching football and, you know, I start surrounding my whole life around the football game, you know, making sure I can be out of church on time, you know, looking at the watch while pastor speaking or whatever, you know, just, you know, just having a real focus only on that and spending a lot of unhealthy time on those activities. Not that there's anything wrong with football, but if it starts taking over your whole life and you can't do anything without, you know, finding out who's playing, you got a fantasy football league going or whatever, you know, it just can start to feel like it takes over and pushes other things out of your life. And it's not just saying you're pushing God out of your life. You're pushing family, friends, your spouse, you know, whatever. You just start pushing people away because you're too focused on this. So I think stuff like that, and it could be related to anything, but football is just kind of a generic thing. No, that's a great illustration. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So kind of like maybe a bit of an obsession on something or I can't do without it. Yeah. Wow. That's good. All right. My second question is, um, what makes a success story? Because in, you know, you're a success story in the sense that God brought you out of, you know, that unhealthy anger and some of those other destructive habits that you had going on. And, and you've been on track for a long time, uh, which is beautiful. We, we've, we've all been in other kinds of places where we, we want to be on track. We just can't seem to stay on track or we've watched others, you know, really struggle with that. But okay, somebody starts to change and they stick with it and, and they really develop deep rooted new healthy habits and a lifestyle what makes that success story i think what makes it successful is that person be able to find out you know what really brings them peace you know in their recovery i mean some people you know it could be as simple as you know they finally got you know that job um or they finally you know things are getting back on track with their wife so, or you know spouses I think it, it's just, it, it's really a very personal thing of what success is. There's what the world thinks of success and there's what your friends think of success. And then there's what God thinks of success. And I think having a 
you know, a good, solid relationship with him and others that you're around, I think is a success. I mean, money and all that stuff is so temporal that you have to look beyond that and look at, you know, the relationships I think are the most important thing. I mean, with anybody, with God, with your friends, that's the key. And I think when you have good, solid relationships, which is also one of my struggles that I still work on. And when you have those, I think those are what you really, you can, you can point to success on Mm -hmm. that when you start Mm -hmm. developing those. Yeah. And a lot of times those are, it seems to me watching, as people are moving, you know, into a new lifestyle of healthy lifestyle, that it is the people that they surround themselves um, that tend to make or break that in many ways, like, cause they can pull them forward or push them down. Right. And you know, so I think that relationships are, you know, I, that makes sense. A big key in all of that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Last question for you, Tony. Um, and that is this, what would you say to the person who's motivated to get to a new level, but they're scared at what people will think if they get honest? Well, um, I used to be, when I first started Celebrate Recovery, I was terrified that people from one, my work would find out, you know, what would they think, you know, cause there is a, any recovery group, whether it's AA, NA, CR, whatever, it's like admitting to yourself finally that you got a problem, you know, and not seeming to want to care about what everybody else thinks. And I know that's very easy to say, but it is very hard to apply. Um, I did worry for years and years about what people would think. And, you know, that, that feeling of that you're going to see somebody from work happened to me probably about, I'm going to say eight years ago when one of my um, bosses, we were over at St. Matthew's um, Catholic church and they were having, they had a CR there and I'm walking there and he's like, going, what are you doing here? And I'm like, tell, I told him, you know, cause I'm like, I'm not going to lie to him, but it was like that revelation. And he's like, ah, he's like, I didn't know you had any problems like that. And I go, and I said, well, let me, let me, uh, we'll, we'll set up a time and we'll talk about it. Cause we're in the middle of everything. So when I got to work, I did, I told him, I said, you know, I, this is why I'm in it. This is what's going on. He's like, oh, and he teased me off and on, you know, about, you know, so you're still trying to save the world. And I said, no, that's God's <laughs> job. All I got to do is share what I know. <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's, it was that, that fear. And once I got over that fear of it, Now I don't care. I post things on social media. You know, people know where I stand. And it was so freeing. And I think that's a key when you stop worrying about people pleasing, because that used to be one of my other things is I try to please everybody. When Mm -hmm. you can't, you start disappointing people. So you really have to be true to yourself and your recovery and, you know, use people that are going to help you just like anything. If anything you do in business or, you know, work or church, you know, look for the people that are going to support you in your decisions, not, you know, talk down to you or make fun of you or any of that kind of stuff. And and it is, it will happen. I'm not going to tell you it's, it's going to happen. I mean, cause when you start walking in this walk, you will come up against resistance and you can only look no further than what Christ went through just for being who he was and all the turmoil he had to go through to know that's it, it's a, it's a tough journey, but it's so worth it. I mean, yeah. I think that's the thing. And there will be lots of rewards that, you know, I could tell you all the different things that's happened in my life and I could go on for hours of all the good, you know, but you'll have to experience it yourself and have your, your wins and your successes. So that's great. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, Tony. Absolutely. Appreciate you sharing your heart. And uh, by the way, a couple of invitations for all of you. Uh, one of them would be if you would like to check out a celebrate recovery program, 
anywhere in the world. You can go to CelebrateRecovery.com for one thing. Uh, but also, if you're in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to invite you to our uh, local edition that meets on Thursdays at 7 p.m., dinner at 6. Yep. And it's just a great, safe place to hang out and uh, really start working on those things. I'd also love to invite any and all of you to join us for a weekend at Westside. You can do that uh, weekend service. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com and you can join us online or in person. And uh, and then the last thing I'd love to have you do is would you just pause uh, before you click everything off and would you subscribe to this channel and share it with the people that you love because we want to get the good news out as far as we can. But thanks so much for joining us this week. We hope to see you again next week. Have a great one. <laughs>